Hello and welcome to another special episode of the Eventful Entrepreneur Podcast. Today, in the wake of Bournemouth Sevens Festival 2022, we're back in the studio chatting about how the event went down, what the highlights were and how tired we are. <laughs> I'm producer Dan. I'm here with the Eventful Entrepreneur himself, Mr. Dodge Woodall. How are you, mate? I'm very good, mate. I uh, Just getting my voice back from the weekend. Yeah, it was a good one, right? It was a cracker. I feel drained right now, yeah. emotionally and physically, um, but in a really happy place. It's like a three-day hangover, isn't it, after it, the festival? It's weird, isn't it? You don't drink any alcohol and yeah. you do actually feel like a three-, four-day hangover. Yeah, 20, 21-hour days uh, kind of uh, no sleep, catch up with you. Walking 15 miles a day. Yeah. Madness. <laughs> Madness. So we talked about last week how the lead-up to this festival was uh, very different. How different was the actual event itself as an experience for you compared to last year? It doesn't compare whatsoever in the amount of pressure we had this year compared to 2021. You know, in 2021, we only had 42 days to put it on, as you know. This year, we had nine months. Um, So, yeah, the pressure was different. We had a lot more time to plan. We knew what we were... uh, What we were having at the festival we knew that we were uh, had a wonderful amount of staff bar staff security and everything else across the site 800 plus staff you know if you compare in 21 to 22 we had to find those 800 staff within 40 odd days down as you know and then we had dropouts due to covid and things that's like right. that yeah. that's right and you know what it's lovely to be back we said that last year to be back but yeah. we we're lucky to be back in 2021 mm. we lost 2020 we we're lucky to get 21 under the belt and it was an absolute stonker and then this year we had an absolute blinder as well and thank you so much him upstairs for looking after us with the sunshine yeah it was a good one wasn't it yeah we had uh some dramatic rainfall at some very choice points which we'll talk about later yeah. which was in- incredible but for the majority of the weekend it was blazing hot sun blessed yeah it was, it was very good um now we also talked in the last episode about opening on a thursday for the first time in the festival's history uh, did you notice that have any effect at all on the day um it had an effect it had an interesting effect mm. in fact because I normally at the front of the house when we open the doors, front of the whole festival when we open the doors, people were queuing up two hours before Dan. Mm. They were very, very about, early. They were hungry to get into <laughs> yeah. that festival, um, which is a great sign, mm. absolutely great sign. It's lovely to walk up and down the queue and chat to people from different parts of the country. Well, the squads of 30 and 40 of them coming in and uh, the sun was shining again. Um, but I think the difference was is that because it, it was a bank holiday, people were like, well, I'd have to take a day off work. Mm. Let's just get down to Bournemouth ASAP. People were coming down from Scotland, driving yeah. down that day, or Leeds, or Manchester, or Cardiff, you know, and um, yeah, it was good. Yeah, it, it felt like people turned up a lot earlier this year, players specifically on the first day, because usually a lot of them wait until they finish work and head down from wherever, wherever they are. Mm. So it's busy, you know, in the later part of the day, but it was busy from the get-go. People were queuing, like you said, two hours before. I remember I was making a few tweaks to signage uh, in front of the house, um, you know, an hour and a half before we were supposed to open. Looked back and there were crowds of people queuing, paying be- yeah. to get in, yeah. and, and I bumped into you and I was like, this is madness. This They're is here madness. already. Yeah, I agree. And I also went into the car park. I could walk a bit further, walk another into the car park. I was like, oh, my God, look at the amount of cars here. It was copious amounts of cars. Yeah. And I thought... You can definitely tell this is a this is a uh, a different year having a bank holiday on the day that people arrive, because normally people arrive at say three three o'clock sort of thing mm. two three o'clock, 
Um, but people were there at 10 a.m., yeah. two hours prior to opening the doors at midday. The good thing is we were ready. We were ready to let them in. Yeah. And um, as soon as that, that clock struck 12, we were, we were opening the gates and they, they poured in. It was incredible atmosphere straight away. Yeah. Um, and it, that usually is the case, but it, I felt it even more instantly this year because of the amount of people that are on site so quickly. Yeah, it's an interesting one because you, cause you, we put on such good shows each year. We outdo ourselves each year. And people go, can only remind themselves of the last year they came. Mm. And you could tell that people were buzzing to get back again. And we know how to throw a good party, Dan. Yeah. I've been doing it for 25 years, throwing thousands of parties and festivals. I know how to throw a good party in an atmosphere. And we know we've got that in our locker. So I think people get super excited to go, here we go again. Can't wait for Bournemouth Sevens to start. Let's get our first day under the belt. Yeah. That first day was quite messy for some. I saw some <laughs> sore heads the next morning. Uh, speaking of which, actually, of, of parties and things, um, obviously we had uh, some new parties and new arenas uh, this year. How did you feel they fit in? We spoke a little bit about them last uh, last week. How did you feel like the new ones performed? Well, the new arenas were, were, were an absolute treat, to be fair, because you know when you, when you are constantly trying to improve your festival the whole time, and we had a new arena called Zibir House, <laughs> yeah. which was a big German... Uh, big German arena with just benches and benches and benches hundreds of people with um, umpar band on the stage and just a, a, an MC up there getting everyone going everyone dancing on the tables that worked a treat and when you do a new arena you never quite know whether it's going to be a hit mm. and we've been lucky over the years of getting some absolutely corker hits of uh, arenas but this just went off in there it really did it really did people on the tables although you know health and safety would add a word you know get down but no they were having get a back great up. <laughs> yeah, get back up they were having a great time it's exactly what i wanted from it and what i remember those years that i used to be a punter at that's right Islands. that's what what you want but we had but we, we did we did a german beer tent maybe four or five years ago yeah for a couple of years we took it away but we actually this time we put a lot more energy oh, and effort into it bigger better it was the, huge a permanent like a structure rather yeah. than that rather just than rows and rows and yeah, rows yeah. and rows of long long benches people dancing and it was just great yeah really good and then we added obviously bubble love um, which is my old nightclub brand mm -hmm. my, in, uh, that I created in early 2000s that took all around the country for a, a thousand plus parties across mm -hmm. or nightclubs across the UK and you know it's a brand really close to my heart bubble love and it's 18 years old roughly and I brought that back and we created that the big bubble love arena which is all 80s 90s and noughties music and uh I don't know how to explain the it. The DJs it's, got the brief every time I popped in there. The, yeah. the DJs knew exactly what they were doing, and it was it was madness. It was it? madness. Yeah. It was a real lovely, lovely vibe in there of just fun, lots of colour, and anyone who went will remember that Bubble Love tent, yeah. that Bubble Love arena we created. And uh, well, you can't miss it. It was quite colourful. Yeah, very, very <laughs> illuminously colourful. And yeah. Uh, yeah, really good. It's amazing, really, because that arena was just made up of a big Meccano set. Yeah that you just sheet all the way across the front. And mm -hmm. it's amazing when you've got the Meccano set there, it looks like a big Meccano set. You go, wow, I get it. Yeah. And then when you brand it all, you walk around the corner, you're like, oh my God, that looks phenomenal. Yeah. You know? Yes, I'm looking forward to seeing what we can do with that, that structure next year. Because yeah. Uh, yeah, it went down a storm this year and it, it was packed. It was really, really packed yeah. throughout the weekend. Uh, so it's good to see. Bunker was bigger as well. Oh, we made the bunker bigger. Yeah. Bunker was great. And I'll tell you what, we had, a, uh, we had Turno in there. Yeah. You know, and he had it off. And there's mm. another there's another lad, an MC. I think it was MC Charter. I'd never heard of him. Mm. He was on another level. Whoever he is, I reckon he's going to be a massive star. Oh, wow. His energy and his vibe he gave off was just another level. I think that in that 
that arena, we've said it before on previous podcasts, but in that particular arena, while the pyros are going off and you're in that contained area, Agreeing. everyone's just it, having a great time. Well, you've got all those container units on top of each other. It feels like you're in a city London mm. at a rave in like you know in the 90s and but you've got these the, the feel where all the fires going off at the top and the MCs are on stage and it's just got that wonderful sort of energy in there mm. you know drum and bass and, and jungle and yeah, yeah. it's really really nice party always goes down well but I think particularly good this year uh, I've got to say VVIP looked great this year oh yeah. we took in that to another level as well mm. And that's something, you know, there's not many festivals around the UK have a really good VIP, let alone a VVIP. Mm. To mix a VVIP arena in a festival isn't seen. Mm. It's not done anywhere. So it's really important to us that, you know, the people who pay the extra money who buy the ultimate ticket, which gets you a queue jump into the whole festival, gets you into the VIP arena, also gets you into the VVIP um, arena as well. So with your nice toilets, your nice DJs, your lovely bar, lovely vibes, vibe, saxophonist, bongo players, nice house music, just that lovely uplifting feel in yeah. there, you know, and, you know, we kitted that out and spent a lot more money in there, giving it a different feel and people loved it. It was really good, like during the day it felt like in a little oasis away from the madness of the yeah. festival and yeah. at night it felt like a private exclusive party. Absolutely. It's a really cool atmosphere yeah. in there, I really yeah. liked it. I, it was the one place I kept thinking to myself I wish I could just go in there for a few hours and have, yeah, have so a few beers have a couple of beers no one to see yeah a few quiet yeah, ones yeah. <laughs> God, I'd love to do that one year Dan I'm, I'm, I'm telling you on the 20th you're 20th, doing it yeah. Yeah. no choice you're doing it agree. Um, so yeah that was that and obviously we had people like uh, Jubel on site who who y- you couldn't move for a, a can of Jubel or a, a, a pint of Jubel somewhere yeah uh, the Jubel Apre bar that's right and they did a great activation they had that big that sort of American truck with the DJ on there then you walked up the sort of 10, 15 stairs and the bar was in the middle. Yeah. Um, and it's flavoured lager. Mm. Unbelievable tastes. I, I tried it for the first time and I'm literally addicted. Mm. It's good stuff. They, they had these, uh, they had a peach flavour, which was my favourite. Yeah, peach is my favourite as well. Beautiful. Yeah. You could you could see yourself drinking four or five pints of that quite easily. And then they had a beautiful elderflower and they also had a grapefruit. Mm. But what a brand. I just really enjoyed the brand and I loved the vibe in there. And the product is literally ten out of ten as well. So yeah, they nailed it. The massive respect to the to the owner of Juba. I think he's a young lad. Um, I think he's from London. I think he's late twenties or, or, or early thirties. But um, we'll have to get him on the podcast. We'll have to get him on the podcast. Yeah, absolutely. But he's got a lovely brand there. So massive respect yeah. to him, and uh, everyone's got behind him. I'll make a note of that. Let's get him on. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and also threefold, who, whose structure I, I really enjoyed. Actually, it was only a small um, arena, but it's kind of you go upstairs and it felt like three different. Bar feels That's in, right. in one area, didn't That's it? That's right, and that was sort of, that was um, selling hard seltzer, which is alcoholic yeah. hard seltzer, like ninety three calories a can, mm. which is baby f- flavored fizzy water, basically, <laughs> yeah. isn't it? Yeah. Uh, really tasty. Can't remember the but they what mixed berries, citrus, and something else, and none of them taste like alcohol. No, <laughs> really, <Danger>. really dangerous. <laughs> But that, again, they were everywhere as well, along with C4. Who- C4, Jesus, how many? That's, that's an American brand that bought energy drinks. One of our, another one of our sponsors again. Yeah. Uh, wonderful brand. Who bought? I think they bought forty thousand cans. They were given out for yeah. free. Yeah, I think I had to about ten thousand of those. Yeah. <laughs> they were the only thing keeping me going. I'd hate to know my caffeine count at, yeah. at certain points. Yeah. But yeah, I think that the sponsorship and this is a shout out to both Callie and Paul. Yeah. Uh, the sponsorship this year was absolutely on point. All yeah. the brands knew exactly what to do, how to do it, yeah. and it just they all felt right for our audience. I they think. 
Paul and Kelly had 175 meetings with brands. <laughs> it's madness. Isn't, isn't that it? mad? 175 yeah. meetings. We had 20 international brands on board. Yeah. Beautiful. And the activation was wonderful from in-house, the, our creative team. And obviously, big up Paul and Kelly as well for mm. really taking that to another level. Um, and when you've got brands on board, it's all about keeping them happy. And to have private messages off the different brands and how happy they are for yeah. this year's festival, it's just a lovely feeling. You you look at your team and you, I certainly look at the team, everyone involved and really proud of them all. Mm. I'd also like, as we're, as we're giving shout outs, I'd like to give a shout out to somebody um, that a lot of people um, won't have any dealings with, uh, which is Loz, who ran the sports this year. Oh. He did not stop and um, I got some v- very good feedback from yeah. all the sports uh, about Loz. Uh, he's, a, he's a very quiet guy, but he will just keep going all day and make sure everybody's happy. He's I think he did a great job. He did a fantastic yeah. job and he's an ex Loughborough boy. Yes. Go on. Yeah. So he knows his rugby, he knows the score, he knows his sports. Um, and he's an absolute delight to work with. We brought him on board, like, I think a month before last year's festival. So now he's got two festivals under his belt. He's running all the sports. He, he gets it. Um, he's extremely kind, but he's very firm as well. Yeah. You know, so he's juggling 400 teams and 400 minds. And, um, yeah, huge asset. So well done, Finchie. Did a great job. Yeah. Right. And obviously, while I'm talking about the sport, for the first time ever, I managed to experience the winner's trophy presentations. As I mentioned, the last one, this is the first year I'm not uh, stranded at the box office. I got to go off and do other things. Uh, so I was involved in the winner's trophy presentation. And that was, and I'm not saying chaos in a chaotic way, chaos as in a, everybody was just <laughs> cheering and like having the best time. It was, yeah. it was like the best award ceremony I'd ever been yeah. to. It was, it was incredible. Well, you, you make them feel special. You've got a great yeah. big drag. A backdrop with Bournemouth Sevens and winners and all the sponsors and they're on stage we give them a free bottle of champagne they spray everywhere they get their cups and medals and or, or uh, plates or whatever it was and that's their moment with all the press there yeah. You know, five or six, seven cameras and being filmed, that's their moment. You it know? was like, uh, like a 20 <laughs> Champions League final yeah. uh, trophies yeah, being given right. out. <laughs> that's right. And then, like, I stunk of Prosecco for days yeah. after that. I could not get it off me. <laughs> but it was, yeah, it was great to experience because, like I said, I've never seen it again. We moved it to a, a different position. I think that really worked because the crowds came in. There were everyone was just full of beans chanting yeah. and we even had a, a, a fake protest at one point which was really funny uh, and yeah it was really good I think what's amazing is what people don't see is that the growth of the actual sports side of the festival you know going up to you know 400 teams down that's 1500 matches played over two days mm. that's serious organization yeah um, and the people taking part having two day tournaments and they've done the whole day shattered on the beers then the whole day again to get rewarded with a nice big cup or trophy and their medals that's like sort yeah. of the cherry on the top for everyone the the real the the real visualization of how many teams and matches go into Bournemouth Sevens is when you look at the scheduling we used a company called Tornify this year and uh, they that you you can look visually over what games are over what pitches on what days and it's just like thousands of slots yeah. <laughs> over two days yeah. and it, it's it's madness that all those games go on just in a short period of time but that's the beauty of it we've got an app yeah. So people can actually walk around and see what time their game's on via an app. They can see the scores. They can see the scheduling. And again, we've taken it to a whole new level. Dan, we used to have we used to have like these massive, big whiteboards times twenty yeah. of them going mm. from like from here to the sort of halfway line of the pitch, and and the, and the the referees and umpires writing in them, and 
Now it's just all bam online and yeah. massive computer on a big screen. Yeah, big. I think the big screens really worked. The, I saw the players crowding around them and seeing, uh, waiting for the results to come through, and then yeah. the brackets then fed through, so they knew who made the finals and stuff. So, all these things we're all constantly prove, improving these bits. And there's and I took a few uh, few bits away this year to improve that next year as well. Yeah. So, um, we're always happy with improvements, but uh, we can still do better. Agree, agree. We're always pushing boundaries, Dan. Yeah. Each year, people coming up to go. God, you've smashed it again. Oh, my God. Because we just don't stop. We're relentless, Dan. Mm. As you know, we're relentless to keep pushing boundaries that people coming back and going, God, the experience got even better. Yeah. On the party side and on the sports side. It's a balancing act as well, isn't it? Because you never want to sacrifice one for the other. No. You need to get... You need to nail the sport and give that attention and make sure all the teams are happy yeah. and also do an incredible party because that's what Bournemouth Sevens is, isn't it? Absolutely. And if you ever kind of get their balance wrong which I'm sure other events have tried and and done themselves mm. um, you, you haven't got quite got it right because the, the atmosphere at Bournemouth 7s if you could bottle that you'd be you a, can't beat you can't, you can't, yeah. trust me I, I'm going to say this now you cannot beat the atmosphere the vibe and the energy you get at Bournemouth 7s at any other festival across the UK yeah I'll, I'll, I will I'll, I'll put money on that mm. and I've done most of them and, and it just Oh god! Well, I bu- you know I buzz off it, Dan. Yeah, of course you do. <laughs> I absolutely buzz off. Still it. buzzing now. I'm still buzzing now. Yeah. Um, I did want to mention also. I caught uh, both bingo lingo sessions this year. <laughs> <laughs> I love bingo lingo. Yeah, talking of chaos. Uh, I, Funny. I actually did a bit of work for them. I was running around giving out bingo cards, and I was like, I'd like to. I'd like to do this every yeah. year. What what a what a good time that what is. What a great concept. Yeah, it's brilliant. So everyone gets a bingo card, and they've got a DJ on stage reading out the numbers and you've got two uh, entertainers on stage and then you get pulled up on stage if you win the bingo, you win prizes and you've got to do silly things on stage and then music in between, it might be We Are Champions, it might be something else and something else everyone gets on the tables and dancing in between it's just it's like going to a darts darts tournament or something isn't it? It's like the darts mixed with bingo mixed with Drinking games, mixed yeah. with dancing, mixed with a nightclub, it all wrapped up in one. My favourite bit is when there were false calls and they're just shouting. Oh, that's funny. Your shit. <laughs> and you know who you are. <laughs> so basically, a false call is when someone goes up and goes, Bingo. Hey, hey, bingo. You, yeah. They come up on stage and it gets checked and actually they're missing a number. Yeah. yeah. So they just get loads of abuse, <laughs> that, like organised abuse. Oh, yeah, fun. Uh, yeah, fun, fun abuse. abuse. <laughs> yeah, fun abuse. Brilliant. Uh, I loved it. I watched uh, one of them from backstage and it was just, oh, yeah, it's, it's so good to see. Um, now, did you catch any of Bournemouth 7's TikTok, uh, B7's TV on TikTok? Oh, my God, Dan, that was genius. <laughs> so basically, this year, we, we've we said, well, come, let's do a TikTok channel. Mm. And on that weekend, we did one video that got 1.2 million views. Yeah. And it's going viral and viral. We did other ones that got 700,000, 600,000. That's unbelievable, yeah, right? Yeah, we, we got multi-million views on, on, on the channel. On a Bournemouth uh, Service TikTok channel? Yeah, I think it was like between five and six million views in total. Um, Over two days? Yeah, and considering we've we've kind of dipped our toes into the TikTok world in the past, mm. but we've never really put any time and energy in it, into it. But uh, myself and the rest of the like creative team were just going out trying things and seeing what worked. Yeah. Um, and we were going out all day doing some roving reporting, asking silly questions. and um, With a mic? It, with a mic, catching yeah. people on Catching people off the car. Yeah, yeah. It was really. We've still got loads to to release. By the way, we've record recorded hours and hours of stuff. And I have to say, the Instagram, Bournemouth Sam's Instagram, was genius. 
Yeah. That, well, From that, start to finish, the stories, yeah. the way it was presented. And it's interesting, when you put up amazing stories, and we're, you know, we've got five or six people going out, taking videos, filming stuff, and putting them straight up onto Instagram. You can see the numbers rising every time. Yeah. So you put a good story up, it rises ridiculous, and the next story rises ridiculous. You can see that sort of algorithm, how it works, mm -hmm. you know? And that, that creative team were, were like a, a machine. They were yeah. out they were out capturing stuff and then they'd be back dropping stuff off and somebody yeah. else would be editing it. And yeah. it, it was just a constant cycle of, of content. And and in previous years, I, our socials, maybe in the last two years, we've we've done, we've, been, we've put more been, effort into it. They've been it. good. They've been, they've been good, but this was like next yeah. level. And and like when I first started here, it was like, we're too busy to do any yeah. social media over the weekend. Right. We'll post something at the end of the day. But now it's so important and it gets so many eyes on it and then it gets people excited thinking, yeah. I want to go there next year. Yeah. That and it also incredible. creates a lot of FOMO. Oh, 100%. So yeah. when we sold out each year of the festival, people and then who didn't get a ticket, you know, the amount of messages we're getting, how do I get a ticket? I've got yeah. FOMO, FOMO. Sorry, we're sold out. Yeah. There's nothing you can do. Yeah, so big shout out to, to Matt, Sam. Ash, Sam, Ash, Ed, Ed, yeah. Tom. And Tom for doing all And yourself, editing. Dan. Yeah, I, I was just asking questions. I, I wasn't really as <laughs> involved as then. Being a bit, bit of false mo modesty there. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's, it, like, I, th I think they smashed it this year. They which, did. Which is good. They did. Um, is there any particular moments for you? I, I've got a few myself um, over the weekend, uh, those, those wow moments. I've got a few, Dan. And the wow moments for me, there's a few, but for me, the Funky Forest. Yeah. I love that place. That's mm. properly up, up, up my street. You go in there, it's got that nice bouncy feel, house music going on, people just loving life in there. Mm. And it was constantly packed. Yeah. Constantly packed, but it had the most beautiful feel, you know, when you're in the trees and there's uplighting. It's magical. It feels like a... You know, if like a, a unicorn's going to come out the sky or something, literally magical in there. Yeah. Um, I remember the first year of that where we it was going it was kind of like a uh, a badly kept secret. It was like it's hid, tucked away. Let people find it. It's like a discovery yeah. thing at a festival, which yeah. I always like those things Same. where you can kind of come, stumble across it. Uh, this year, it was the moment it opened, it was packed because yeah. people know about it and they want to be in there, yeah. and people were queuing to get in. So it's and all the DJs were banging in there. They were, yeah. they were perfect really great remixes old school mixed with new it was it was just it was probably on the money so that, yeah. that's the one thing that really stood out to me oh, well. um and also i love your mum's house yeah <laughs> that's good yeah. <laughs> i love it like uh how is she how is she no or just like where where, where you been your mum's house <laughs> yeah. um i'll see you at your mum's house like all these comments i kept hearing the whole thing i was talking to one of the chippies yesterday and i said oh what are you up to now and he goes i'm just taking down your mum's house <laughs> Still funny. It's still funny. Still funny. Three years later. Three years later. That's a that's a cracker. Yeah. But also, you can't beat you can't you cannot beat the main beer tent, longest bar in Europe. Yeah. That's just a that's just a great party atmosphere. Every what I noticed this year is, and every year we keep improving. Every arena had a brilliant atmosphere, mm -hmm. and we cater for everyone, whether it's jungle, drum and bass, house, party, disco, funk, acoustic, acoustic, yeah. live bands, the cocktail garden with with, with your um, your duos yeah. and and. Yeah, really good. And obviously the big top, chasing status. That was going to be my wow moment. Yeah, I was standing on a pallet back of stage, just looking over a fence, and this surge of people just kept getting bigger and wild. bigger. I was getting worried at the moment. I was like, wow, this is getting too busy. But mm. everyone behaved themselves and had a great time. Mm. And it was just, as far as I could see, was just people. Yeah. Not even in the tent. I've never seen, I was on stage with them. Yeah. And I was looking out going, oh my God. Yeah. It was ramoed in there, but not just ramoed inside. It must have gone the same again outside. Yeah. 
people just wanted to see them. Um, and that was that dramatic moment I mentioned earlier where we had a, a short uh, spell of heavy rain. People didn't move. They didn't care. They didn't care. <laughs> They're just standing there. Didn't care. That was on the last night, about yeah. ten o'clock. Yeah. It just started to just started to drip down with rain. But yeah. how lucky were we with the sun? Oh, it was incredible. The weekend. Well, my, I, I could have done with some more sun cream myself. But you, you need the old factor fifty, <laughs> yeah, mate. Yeah. Got that Irish skin. Uh, so yeah, I was a bit pink, but the, the weather was just yeah. It was. You couldn't ask for better. Yeah. And you know what? Each year it's it's it's, it's quite mad. Again, like I was saying before, the amount of people coming up and just thanking me to for putting the festival yeah. on and genuinely going, thank you for putting this festival on. I'm like, oh, thank you for coming. And it was just a lovely, like, handshakes, selfies, fist bumps, hugs. It really is a, a magical place. And it, I had to take a moment at one point just to pinch myself, just to look up to the sky and think of my mum. Mm. And she passed away a couple of months and she was a, a big thing. She was a big... She was, you know, she was a rock to me with yeah. this festival over the years as is my dad my dad's been with me for 15 years looking after all the money at the festival that's what he's been protecting mm -hmm. with a massive team as well over the weekend but my mum I felt like she was there with me looking mm -hmm. down and she's always that one who's going go on Dodge you can do it go on Dodge I believe in you go on have the best time of your life you know and she's always taught me as a young age go and have fun whatever you do go and have fun and that's all I've been doing for the last 20, 30 odd years down mm. there, just having fun and creating fun for people. Um, yeah, so I had to, I had to, I, there was a couple of moments a bit emotional for me over this weekend. Mm. And it's it was nice. Nice, you you're kind of, you're, the whole whole of your family were there as well, weren't all they? All my family sister, have been I saw your sister. Yeah, yeah. my sis, my old man, every, all my family have been there. It's a, it's a you know, they've, they've all been there from the start. Mm. Seen the journey and, and seen how much it's grown from a just an idea of a couple of beers on the beach with a mate. Yeah, you know, to oh, turn, look, at it. look at turn what it is today. You <laughs> yeah. know, and it, you don't get to where you are with a, a lot of relentless graft. And mm. I've been relentless, as you know, and so has the team. Mm. Um, on a sillier note, silly. I like silly notes. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go silly for a second. Yeah. What was the favourite fancy dress that you saw? I know you took a, a shining to a guy who was walking around in his pants all weekend. Oh, my God. <laughs> Mate, he was a legend. I've just found out today. So, basically, I put a post up on my Instagram story mm. at Dodge uh, Woodall, and it's got so many comments and so much like... It's basically... I found... I saw a guy at 10 a.m. wearing a thong, beer in hand, with big sort of Timberland boots, and that's all he had on. Yeah. Loving life. <laughs> just did not, dancing did at 10 a.m. dancing. <laughs> didn't yeah. go a care in the world. Then I saw him like four in the afternoon <laughs> wearing the same thing. Then I saw him at 1 a.m., the same thing again. And he's literally was like the legend of the festival. <laughs> so many people have taken photos of him. So I've reached out, or he reached out, I can't remember what it was at the moment, but his name is Harry. Harry. Harry, if you are listening, you're going to be a guest of mine for life, a VVIP guest for life. But you have to wear the same pants. But you have to wear the same <laughs> clobber. Or a part of the deal is that we we can we we're allowed to we're the ones who can make the decision on what you have to wear each year. <laughs> yeah, I like that. You're on the like mascot for VIP. Yeah. Or what's that yeah. fella called? Um, what's that program called when he sends someone around the world and he does silly stuff? Oh, Ricky Cal, Gervais. Cal, Cal Pilkington. Cal Pilkington. Cal Pilkington. <laughs> 
Harry to be your Pilkington. Oh, mate, we could have a right laugh. I'm sure he'd be up for it, and I'm sure he'd be fed lots of beer and lots of uh, yeah. freebies over the weekend. But yeah, he, mate, he was on a serious note. He was a, he was a, he was a Bournemouth Sevens legend, 2022. Yeah. Wherever you are, Harry, please reach out. Shout out to Harry. Big shout out to you, mate. Well done. So we've mentioned a lot of the team here. We obviously have a very talented team, if we do say so ourselves. Um, what would you like to say to everybody that, that helps this festival happen? Obviously, we have a massive amount of stuff. We have a, do have a core team here. Uh, but what would you like to say personally to those those guys that helped make it happen? A massive thank you for believing in me. A massive thank you for taking 100% responsibility in whatever you're doing, whatever your role you're doing. Um, and thank you for being relentless because the team here Dan are relentless relentless to push boundaries to create a wonderful show um, whether you're operations whether you're marketing whether you're in charge of social media whether you're in charge of the teams whether you're in charge of the players the, the, the staff actually building the site building the festival takes two weeks yeah you know taking it back down again takes taking it back week, down yeah. Yeah, yeah but imagine that so you're building a festival it all looks pretty, you're buzzing, you put the festival on, you're buzzing, there's a great party going on, there's a great atmosphere. And when you're putting on a festival this size, there's so many things that could go wrong. Mm. There's so many moving objects, you know, with the amount of security, the amount of bar, the beer, the campsite, the glamping, that that arena, uh, the weather, the police, the team matches going on. All, there's so many moving parts mm. um, which build its own pressure. Um, but yeah, and everyone in our team's cool mm. and calm. So I just want to say a huge respect to every single one of them. And I can't wait to get on the piss with everyone <laughs> tomorrow. You, st you stole my line from <laughs> which the end is, of the <laughs> Which is Thursday yeah. when we're all going to let loose. It's, yeah. our it's our time. It's to, our turn. It's our turn to have a party. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it's interesting because the idea of creating this festival from day one was to create a festival that I would love to go to with all my mates. Mm -hmm. And I think we've achieved that. Oh, 100%. Mm. Yeah, I did go with all my mates. Yeah. <laughs> there yeah. we go. Yeah. I enjoyed it. But what's interesting also is that it doesn't matter if you're 18 to 30 or you're in your 40s or 50s, there's a party anywhere around that site for you. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. Uh, and I don't think we can, we can uh, complete this conversation without giving a shout out to... Uh, two very important people, I think, uh, Craig Matthew and Paul Ashurst, who smashed it again, I think, this year. Yeah, dream team. Yeah. You know, Craig's been with me for 11 years now. He's been managing director and shareholder now since 2016. Um, so he's got six years under his belt there. He's got a good 11 festivals under his belt. Um, I believe he is one of the best project manage managers in the UK. Mm. So organised, so considerate, so kind. Um, he ticks every single box and he, he, he's an asset uh, and a good friend, so a huge respect. But I've seen Paul. Paul's now been a made Paul a director at the age of 29, two years ago. Um, and I've seen Paul go to a whole new level this last 12 months. Mm. Um, again, firm, kind, respectful, knows his shit, gets stuff done, relentless. Yeah, great team. Great team. Another great, shout out with Mr. Is Kira. Oh, event Kira. management student, been with us for a year, 
um, got a first events at Bournemouth Uni. She she's wonderful. What a, what a wonderful mind she's got on her. It's kind of a compliment to her that she kind of behind the behind the scenes behind is just scenes. smashing what she does. Yeah, highly organised, um, highly proactive. Eagle eye, I call her. Yeah, doesn't miss a move. Yeah, she's very attention to detail orientated. Yeah, 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 amazing. So when do preparations for next year begin? The whole time when the festival's on, Dan, as you know, I am constantly going in and out of every arena, mm. chatting to as many people, getting as much feedback. I'm, I'm, I'm hands-on, my feet are on the ground, I'm listening, I'm seeing, I'm observing, and I'm constantly in my mind, in my mind writing notes of how I can improve it for the next year have it, when we get together. After I piss up on Thursday, conversations were had that evening. We'd be talking about the funny times over the weekend, mm-hmm. we're talking about the incidents, we're talking about people's emotions and feelings. And everyone in the office there, I know, have all jotted down little notes. So I think as of come Monday, I think we'll all sit down and go through everything and go high five everyone. Because we haven't had, we haven't, met, you know, it's Wednesday now. We finished the festival a few few days ago. We haven't had a time or a moment we've all been together. Half of us are still on site. Half of us are on, still up on the site, taking <laughs> yeah. the festival down. Half of them in the office here. You know, we're dealing with info at Bournemouth Sevens of lost property and lost mm. phones and whatever was gone on. You don't really wrap up the whole festival till literally about three or four weeks post-festival, about a month post-festival, yeah. when you can actually close the chapter for 2022. Um, but I know everyone's got little things and tweaks and improvements for the following year, which is really exciting. Always. I'd never want to sit on my hands down yeah. and go, oh, you know what, we've nailed it, we smashed it, let's just repeat again. That, that's not our style. really is not our style. Yeah, so watch this space. Uh, it's worth mentioning that we have uh, a priority access list for next year. Um, so head over to bournemouthsevens.com for more information. Basically, you can um, enter your details and you'll be put on a priority list and told when tickets are on sale. Uh, that's for both team entry and general tickets. Yeah. Um, so get on that list. I just want to I just want to mention here the UK Armed Forces <laughs> yes. won the National Rugby Cup on the main pitch in front of tens of thousands on the Queen's Jubilee yeah. weekend. It's very fitting. When we realised that on the what pitch, we were like... <laughs> a fitting... Yeah. What a perfect ending to the Queen's Jubilee who's been looking after our country for 70 years to for them for those guys winning, having a photo underneath the post with them with their Union Jack shirts on. Mm. It just was the perfect perfect ending for a wonderful 2022. It was good. And it was a, it was a good game with some big hits on it. Oh, as my well, God. So. Those men, yeah. are they, they are not only quick 100, 100 metres in 11 odd seconds, but they're also 16, 17, 18 stones, some yeah. of them. Yeah. Beasts. Like legs like trees. Yeah, literally. <laughs> literally. And, and just before that, obviously, we had the amazing display from the RAF swooping in as well. Which, oh, the stunt team. Yeah, so oh. good. I love that when it comes in on the last day, about four o'clock, stunt team comes in about eight parachutists doing stunts in the air, coming mm. down with the British flag, landing on the main pitch, and then going up there, they do the salute, I go in and shake their hands and give them all pints of lager, yeah. which Good. they're not allowed to take, but they do neck, and <laughs> 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 which is great. And, you know, it's a, it's a lovely spectacle. Um, and also the women's sport. The women's sport at Bournemouth Sevens has grown so much. Mm. You know, covering the women's rugby and the netball and, and, and the hockey, um dodgeball and it's just a it's a wonderful one the crossfit no the crossfit was good this year as well very I, good. I saw some of the some of the athletes there it was just uh, it, i mean it blew me away last year yeah. but again this year it's uh 70 percent of the whole festival female yeah which <laughs> stat wise i had someone mentioned it to me actually <laughs> there she goes she said uh there's not many men here are there and i was like well there are there's just a lot of women a lot of women <laughs> yeah it's uh, 
mate, I love it. Yeah, it, it was incredible. Again. I absolutely love it. I'll tell you who came down was interesting. World Rugby came down. Yeah. World Rugby flew in. They World Rugby own the Rugby World Cup and the yeah. the uh, international series. Mm-hmm. They will come down. They can't believe what an amazing sport and music festival we got. And they wanted to have chats post this festival whether we can replicate for them in those major cities around the world. Oh, wow. There we go. Exciting times. Watch this space. Watch this space. Who knows what comes out of these conversations, but it's um, they're nice conversations to have. Mm. Well, all that's left to say is Bomb Sevens Festival 2023 is next on the list, which sound, it sounds like the future 2023, uh, which is happening on Friday the 26th, Saturday the 27th, and Sunday the 28th of May. Hallelujah. We're back. We're finally back on our bank holiday weekend. It's the first time since 2019. Yeah. I love that weekend. It's been <laughs> taken away for us for three odd years. Well, it'll be four by the time we're back. So, uh, it's yeah, that's, it feels weird, doesn't it? We're back in our routine, hopefully. Yeah. So, Dodge, uh, if anyone wants to get in contact with you uh, ahead of next year's uh, festival, uh, where can they find you? Best place to get me on LinkedIn um, and Instagram. Perfect. They're my two. And if they like what they hear in regards to working events, um, you've got a little special something something, haven't you? Yeah, we've launched a a new uh, online events course. Anyone wants to learn how to get into festivals or events or sporting events or weddings, check out theeventcrowd.com. An online course that comes with a diploma that you can do in a month Mm. to get yourself a job straight away. You know, that's what we've done. We've brought in 40 of the leading experts from Glastonbury, uh, the Olympics, Wimbledon, London Fashion Week. It goes on and on, and um, we're super proud of it. And anyone who wants to get an event, go check it out, and um, I'm sure you'll love it. The most exciting industry in the world, people. Yeah, Fact. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, listen to it, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Well, let's have a few beers, like you said, and get cracking organised next year's. Absolutely, and thank you to every single person who came, and um, I respect all of you, and I hope to hopefully see you all in 2023. Good stuff. Well done, Dodge. Nice one. Cheers, Dan. Good man. Cheers.